0: Welcome back to the program for another episode of Football on the Barbie. As always, I'm your host, Jake Seymour, joined with Kaden Bodak. Kaden, how are you doing today? Pretty good. How about yourself? Not too bad. Got a lot of college football stuff, a lot of NFL news coming. I love this time of the year. Always coming back right to football. Uh, we're about two weeks away from the start of the NFL season. Uh, I know ASU opens up in just under two weeks, so I'm excited for that. But Kaden, there's some news coming out. The Athletic is reporting that the Big Ten, ACC, and Pac 12 are forming an alliance. Um, in the athletic, they were calling this almost like a merge, but I just want to start with the wording of it. An alliance is a weird word to use for this. We talk, I know we talk about this off air, but an alliance to me sounds not like a merge that they're going to create one big conference, but instead it's going to be more of helping each other out and having three separate entities and just everybody helping each other out. Uh, I'm also not sure either how this would work because you have three different leagues and how, do, you know, the power, how does that get distributed? You know, because you're going to have to have one league formed together. Kaden, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I think what you're going to see, I think. They're using the word alliance because that is uh just because it's going to be more football specific. A merger would be conferences literally merged into one mega conference and all the sports play under that mega conference, whatever that is. I think the ally- alliance is going to be more football related. We saw this with the Big East um, uh like 10 years ago. They had a basketball conference with like, uh, UConn and, 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 all those schools. And then they had a football side of their conference which was just, just football. And that was like Louisville, Miami, West Virginia, um, all that. So I think that's what you're going to see. I think the ACC, uh, big 10 and PAC 12, they're going to stay intact for all their other sports, but you're going to see a kind of football only conference with all those teams. And they're just kind of going to you know, fill
0: a 10-game schedule with those teams. Yeah, just reading from The Athletic now, reading from the report from uh, Nicole Auerbach, she she says, uh, the Big Ten, Pac-12, and ACC are expected to make a formal announcement about the alignment soon, perhaps as early as next week, multiple sources told The Athletic. It's not clear how specific the announcement will be because there are so many details to iron out, although administrators in all three leagues have stressed in recent conversations the issues of governance can be and should be front and center. So, you Kenny, know, you could do something like that with just a football league, but at the same time, too, you need to have a whole different board. And I know, like you said, the Big East didn't. I think it worked well for the Big East for a little it bit. Did. It did, yeah. And it helped them a lot with revenue. And especially now you have, you know, Texas and uh, you know, both Texas schools leaving the Big 12 and heading towards the SEC. And the SEC, once again, is becoming even stronger. And, you know, the premier football league, like, it's, it get, it's getting to the point now where you have Division One football and then you have the SEC. The SEC yeah. is just such a step up between every Division One football league because it's all the talent is there now, especially now with endorsements. Like, why wouldn't you want to go play for the SEC?
1: Yeah, um, I don't think honestly, I don't think having a separate board is would be a big issue, and I think that there's enough people to go around. And if you if you think about it, the person that's dealing with Ohio State football right now is not you know they have separate people obviously there's an ad and everything but the person that's dealing with ohio state football is not also dealing with their hockey program and their basketball program that's all separate you know be- besides for an ad i don't know jake did you hear any of that i, I, I think i lost connection yeah um you want so, me to repeat that yeah what were you saying so what what did you ask me again uh, oh, oh! I was just talking about how. So you said you mentioned how they're going to have a have to with the if they're doing a football only conference, how they're going to have to have like a separate board board for the football yeah, right, yeah, conference yeah. part. But I don't think that's a big issue, because if you if you think about it, there's each school has an AD, the AD oversees all the athletics, obviously. But then within that, you have your 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 separate programs, you know, the person that's dealing with the logistics of Ohio State football also isn't dealing with, or isn't also dealing with the logistics of the soccer team, the basketball team, the hockey team, etc. cetera. They're, they're just football. And I think if you just got all those guys together and, you know, focused on football only that that's fine. It's not really a change. You're just kind of categorizing those guys more into a conference. You
0: know what I'm saying? Yeah. But now you have, you, instead of having everyone being on one conference, you have the football team in, in different, three different conferences. Now it's not one big group anymore. It's two it, separate groups. No, it wouldn't be one big – but they're not communicating anyways. The people that are
1: in – because the only people that would be splitting would be the football team. So every other sport that Ohio State has, that Michigan has, that Arizona State has, whatever, is staying within the Pac-12, within the Big Ten, they're, they're not changing at
0: all. Yeah, their football football schools. But then you have – it's going to be a power group, I feel like, between all, all three of them because, you know, the Pac-12 doesn't want to lose its power with this team. So is the Big Ten and the ACC. They're not going to want to lose what they have right now with their football teams. And I think in alliance, I think it's going to be good, but I'm worried more. So um, like I said, in that report from the athletics that how is it going to sort it with all the powers between the three leagues? I mean, you you're have to me- do something. You need to have a league that can compete with the sec and you don't have that right now. So you're this alliance me- needs to happen.
1: Yeah. You're telling me that Arizona state wouldn't want to have Ohio state and Clemson on their
0: schedule each year for football. I'm Not talking about the individual colleges, I'm talking about the board of the league, the entire league that controls the football, like the Pac 12 board that does football. That's gonna be a power grab between and a power difference between the three the other two leagues. They're not gonna want to lose power between the two of them. So now you have three boards, they only need to come together to be one. So the higher up on one board and the big board may be lower, and they don't want to be lower and lose power like that. Why would you want to be that?
1: I think with three times the amount of teams, you're you're still gonna need three times the amount of. people. I think the power, I don't think that that's an issue. And I think if you look at it from the AD's perspective, which the AD rules and the schools rule, it's just so much better. I I, I think this, this alliance, something like that would be inevitable, because it's just so much better for the schools. And I don't exactly, I don't think that the the AD of or the president of Arizona State cares about, you know, Joe Schmo on the PAC 12 board for football, you know, he's going to lose power, they don't care about that. I Maybe, think, and I think it's just better for the schools.
0: It's definitely better for the schools. I mean, any school that says, no, I don't want to do that. That's in these three leagues. I mean, you have to go to that because you're not, you're going to fall into the dust because like I said earlier, like there's division one football and then there's SEC football, SEC football is just blowing division one football out of the water and nobody can, can compete with that. Yeah. And you know, and you, you know, go back to the college playoffs. How many times have we seen playoffs with a bunch of SEC teams? Yeah. You know, like that, that's just the norm now. So you need to have teams be able to get in there. And if that's, if that means eliminating, uh, taking three leagues and turning it into one, and you can have more teams maybe from other leagues, make it, that'd be great. Yeah. And then to go along with the possibility of expanding the playoff, you
1: know, I just, I think that, I think that this is perfect because you're not losing, you know, let's think about it. The PAC 12 is a great baseball conference, right? So if you have that, you know you're not losing any of that you're not losing you know you're not losing the powerhouse conference for baseball but you're you know you're just strengthening your football programs I, I w- with this separate football conference I think you know it worked for the big east I can't see why it can't work here
0: yeah I hope it, I hope it goes through because I think it's gonna be something that that the schools need you know like I said you're not going to be able to compete with the Alabamas um, obviously the Texas schools that just went to the uh, SEC yeah, Auburn, Auburn two evens in there like all those teams right so you know, everybody just needs to get together and band up. It's going to be like game tackling the SEC, you know, who can take them down, who can compete with them. And, you know, it's a collaborative effort. You know, it's not going to be one school doing it. It's not going to be two schools doing it. It's going to be, you know, two to three leagues doing it.
1: Yeah, and they can agree on whatever they want. I think, you know, you're still going to see even the mer- the merger with the SEC, Oklahoma, and Texas going there. That That's not going to happen until, like, 2025, 2030. So I, I, I think, you know, they – all this stuff has time to pan out, but they're definitely, I definitely think that's inevitable that
0: this alliance is going to happen. Hope it happens. That'd be great for the league. Uh, but switching gears to the NFL, um, a lot of news going on with NFL quarterbacks, NFL rookies, and, you know, look no further than the New England Patriots to have their quarterback battle heading into week one. Mac Jones, Cam Newen. this battle has been neck and neck basically all year. The two of them have been competing. You know, if you read one report one day, Cam Newton won. The next day, Mac Jones won. Cam Newton, Mac Jones. There's going back and forth between the two of them. So, Kaden, I want to know who do you think should start week one and why?
1: Who do I think should start and who will start? Two completely different things. I think Cam Newton's going to start. I think, you know, I think Bill Belichick just loves Cam Newton. And I think he would hate to be wrong. Um, and, wrong would be starting mac jones and mac jones being good and then you're like why did you sign Cam Noon to this extension or this extra another contract whatever um cam noon he's been with the first team this whole time in training camp he's had a full training camp with the first team uh and mac has not so i think it's just cam noon's team but i do think mac jones should start because their team is good. Mac Jones is good. He's proven that in preseason. Um, I know it's preseason, but he's all, but he's looked solid. He should have had a touchdown last night, but he's dropped by the ASU bum, Nikhil Harry, because um, ASU can't produce good football players. Anyways. No, I
0: feel attacked by that statement.
1: No, I know that. That was a low blow. I'm sorry, because Auburn can't either. So uh, anyways. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I, I think Mac Jones, Cam Newton will start. I think Mac Jones should start because, Let's be honest. I think week five, week five, because I think they play the books in week four. So I think week five, Mac Jones starts for this New England Patriots team and he starts for the New England Patriots for the next 10 years. Um, this is Mac Jones's franchise. And I think just letting them sit out for four weeks is, is useless, especially when you're not going to win Super bowl this year anyways. And
0: I have a question for you. Yes. Weren't you one of the people? In fact, I think you might've made a reel that I may, may have edited for you. Weren't you one of the people that said the New England Patriots, should stay away from Mac Jones because Alabama cannot produce quarterbacks. So, yes. have, you, so have you? So have you conceded the take? What I'm asking. I I don't think.
1: You know, ten years. No, you conceded back.
0: the take. You conceded. No, the I have take. not. If I have you not. Have, you no, just said – I would just much said.
1: rather stop. Stop. I'd much rather Kellen Mon. I I stand by that. Mac Jones okay, has looked cool. good. I would much rather Kellen Mond still. Uh, but I I I wouldn't disagree
0: with you. Mac has looked great though,
1: but I do think that he will be, I I do get nervous. You know, I think Mac Jones looks great, but just the way still, if you go back, just the way the NFL is trending with these QBs and watching him more in NFL preseason, he can move outside the pocket a little bit. And, you know, can he make his living, um, kind of tom brady-esque i don't think so which is why i don't think he will last with the patriots i are successfully but 10 but 10 years i guess 10
0: years is a long time maybe five so we've gone from don't take mac jones at all to five years to 10 years and now i'm back to five to five yeah so i want wait i just want you to say on like on record you conceded the take yeah
1: i still don't think he's going to be a successful nfl quarterback
0: But you can see the take because you you want him to start for the Patriots. Yeah, he's gonna be like Kirk Cousins. So you can see the take. I was wrong. (laughs) Yeah, it was. was I
1: I think he's gonna be like a Kirk Cousins. You know, he he's gonna be good in the, but the defense is gonna win them. You know what's gonna win them, and I Mm -hmm. I I think that um,
0: there's no harm in starting Mac Jones week week one. I just, I just really love those uh, takes that we saw. And, and, Katie, you're not the only one. A bunch of guys in the Boston media did it. You know, you always see, oh, Mac Jones can't do this, can't do that. Uh, don't don't take Mac Jones. And then all of a sudden, with the 15th overall pick in the NFL draft, the New England Patriots select Mac Jones. And then Boston media blows up. Mac Jones is being compared to Tom Brady. He's the next best, best best thing. And now we're at the situation with the quarterback battle, and there are people in the Boston media uh, rambling on about how, you know, Mac Jones should start. But in April before the draft, they are like, don't touch him. Don't touch him with a 10 foot pole. And I just, yeah. I love the flip flop because I think it's a Yeah. yeah um, you kind of got to persuade yourself, you know?
1: Yeah. You got to persuade I'm yourself. I'm a one Patriots way. fan, alright, right? I'm a Patriots fan through and through. So I want him
0: to do good, you know? Of course. Um, but I'll tell you what, uh, Mac Jones should not start week one. It's why? Cam Newton's ball team. You know why? You know who you have coming in week four to Gillette Stadium for the first time? And in- basically your NFL's existence, the GOAT, Tom Brady, is coming back to Boston, to Foxborough, to take on the New England Patriots. Tom Brady is going to embarrass this team. Like, no joke, they're going to be embarrassed. They're going to be blown apart. The New England Patriots will lose that game by a lot. It's going to be embarrassing, okay? You put Mac Jones in that spotlight, you start him week one, you have to start him week four. The national media is going to be covering that game at Sunday Night Football. Mac Jones is going to be embarrassed by you know, the Buccaneers because the Buccaneers defense wants to win the game for Brady. And now all of a sudden, Mac Jones' confidence is shattered. The national media, you're going to see headlines. The successor uh, versus Tom Brady, the heir apparent to Tom Brady. And Mac Jones is going to always be compared to Tom Brady because that's just how it is. He's the next guy up. But you don't want, I don't want Mac Jones anywhere near the field on week four. In fact, I want him up in the luxury box with Robert Kraft. I don't want him anywhere near this field because I don't want this kid's confidence to be shattered. You go into week four, you, you lose. You're going to lose. You might be two and two. You know, I don't think you're going to be three and one. People think that, but two and two, I think is a good record to have. Week five, you go to Houston. That's when you start Mac Jones. You don't start him the first four weeks. You don't want him going up against Brady or the Bucks. And if you're Bill Belichick, you kill any narrative that he, that the possibility of him starting, because you don't want the national media to cling to any of that. Mac Jones should not start for the first four weeks.
1: You don't think, you think him having a bad Week four against the best uh, uh, football player of all time in his rookie season would diminish his confidence to the yes, uh, would. to the extent that it would affect him for the rest of
0: his career. Yeah, it, but it's not having the bad performance. It's what ESPN, the Athletic, and I'm not I'm not I'm naming those because those are the big markets that cover the NFL. It's nothing to get wrong with those companies. I read their work. I love their work. My point is though is that. Companies like that, the big national media is going to cling on to that and they're going to blast it out. Same thing on talk radio. You know, uh, all the radio stations in Boston are going to see that and they're just going to blast out narratives like that, which is fine. That's that's like, that's like what, you know, sports journalism is all about. But you don't want that like on Mac Jones' record. His first, or, or, his fourth game in his career is going to be against the greatest quarterback, the greatest football player to ever put on uh, a jersey, put on the cleats, put on the shoulder pads. You don't want Mac Jones near that. You don't. You don't even want him dressed are are we forgetting that he
1: played at the University of Alabama? You don't think he faced any type of scrutiny?
0: yeah, at, but no like, no, Katie, you know that, and I know it. Nothing compares to nothing would compare to him starting week four and losing, and the narrative would come off from that see honestly, I think that'd be good
1: for him i I think do I think, but nobody expects that's a thing though. Nobody
0: expects him to win. With yeah, but it's, Nguyen- not, it's not that. It's the fact that you don't want him competing and then losing, and then the kid's confidence is shattered. Because then what's going to happen is if he comes out, like I said, the Bucks defense want to win for Tom Brady. They're going to have the, the biggest scheme ready for that. And Tom Brady's been in Josh McDaniel's offense for close to 20 years now you know, 15, 20 years, right? So he knows the offense front and back. He's going to be giving them tips. He's, you know, he wants the defense to do well so he can win. I think it's He's going to know how to compete against Mac Jones and know the scheme and know where the defense needs to be to limit Mac Jones. Mac Jones is going to have a bad game. Now his confidence is like rock bottom. And I don't know if he can come back from that. But do you think it's good? So
1: he knows that. So say you're Mac Jones. I think you know that. I think, I think you're like, oh shit. Bill doesn't think that. I'm good enough to play against Tom Brady. Okay, I'm a rookie, and now you get blown out. You're like, and say Cam Newton goes like, I don't know, like nine for twenty nine for a hundred yards and in a you know three interceptions, whatever plays terrible. And you're like, and you're you're sitting there, Mac Jones. You're like, Bill didn't think I, I'm the fifty. I was a fifteenth overall pick in
0: the draft, and Bill didn't think I could do better than him. I don't think it's that though. I don't think it. I don't think Mac would think like that. Because he's getting his reps, he's getting his reps in practice. He's getting and second he, team reps. Yeah, but he's he has almost close to the near passes that you know Newton has thrown. He's close in those those numbers. He's gotten rest with the first guys. He just went out last night and played a great game. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not like he, I mean, as much as I hate to say it, and because I wanted him to start last year, it's not like Jared Stidham. Siddham didn't get anything yeah. that Mac Jones got. Mac Jones, I think Mac Jones may have, have more reps in practice than Siddham has had in his whole career in New England. Well, it, that, well, I that's it's,
1: it's different to you're talking about like a fifth, sixth rounder and then a first rounder, too.
0: Well, of course, of course. That's how it is within the draft. But it means still, like we looked at this and said last year and said Siddhem's gonna be the guy Mac. I mean, I'm sorry, Cam's gonna come and you know replace, you know, replace Brady and then Sinn's gonna slide in. Well, now Sinn's hurt. Mac Jones is here. I mean, if you want to put a new quarterback in there, put Stenham or Brian Hoyer in. Put in in game managers. They can be game managers. Sure, do that. Don't put Mac Jones in this game. I think even – okay. I think even with Cam Newton,
1: speaking of game managing, they're going to run Damian Harris into the ground. They're going to run Damian Harris in the ground for the rest of the year because they're going to lean on their defense. I don't care who you are – I don't care if it's Mac Jones or Cam Newton under center, or whatever. I think Damian Harris is going to be ran into the ground because they're going to rely on this defense. That's the strength of this team. And I think regardless of who's quarterback uh,
0: week four, you're going to see the same thing. Hey, you know what? You might be right. But, and you know, the running scheme is going to be big in this Patriots offense. It was big last year. And, you know, week four is where Cam Newton started to fall off a little bit. Week five, he started to fall off a little bit, right? Didn't he get COVID, though? Yeah, he had COVID. But even, like, past COVID, I, like, I don't personally, I don't think COVID – played a huge role like i think it played a significant role but i don't think it was the biggest people make it to be i saw him throw football at people's feet like yeah like stuff like that and he he's had shoulder problems so yeah shoulder was shot stuff That's like what it, that, was. it wasn't If so his shoulder can't make it through an nfl season now yeah. this year you add that extra game onto a 16 game season now it's a 17 game season with only one bye week that's a that's a recipe for disaster oh, he, I, that's weeks. why you're i said action. you start him for the first four weeks you have miami which would be a good game. Then you have New Orleans, Jets, and Bucks. You go, you aim for two and two at that point. Then you throw Mac Jones in a week five and say, "Here you go." You don't think they you, can go the three keys. and one? No. You don't think I they? Think can they be the I same? think they lose to Miami, and I think they lose to the Bucks. Ah. Jet, you if they lose to the Jets, that's an embarrassment to the franchise. New Orleans, you should win that. I mean, oh, if
1: they lose to the Jets, you're firing Bill Belichick. I do not care. <laughs> I don't know about that. It's
0: a little. No, excessive. you're firing Bill. They don't lose to the Jets. <laughs> Well, I don't know. It's going to be interesting, but moving on to another quarterback, Andy Dolan or Fields. Uh, Andy Dolan had an interesting uh, clip that he had. uh, I'm going to pull it out and play for you guys because it was very interesting what he had to say. Here's a clip. I know who I am. I know who I was created to be. I know um, where my identity lies. And so um, do I want the fans behind me and this team and all that kind of stuff? Yes. Do I want them behind Justin? Absolutely. I do. Um, But I, that's not my focus. I can't focus on all that right now. Um, like I said before, Justin's going to have his time and Justin's going to have a great career. But right now, it's, it's my time. And so, my focus is on being the best player I can be for this team and do everything I can to help this team win. I love that quote from uh, Andy. That, it's I, so perfect. It's perfect because it's the it's it's perfect quote you want for somebody who's the bridge guy. Andy Dalton's coming in. He just wants to do his job. It's his team, he wants to win for the Bears. Now you know you let him do his thing, and he's and he's helping Fields. Fields will do his thing, and when Fields is ready, and Andy Dalton's you know not you know, and they surpass him, Andy Dalton's going to get benched, and Fields going to come in. Uh, but it's funny that a guy like Andy Dalton will do that. Um, but when the Patriots tried doing that with Jimmy G, and he just got like Tom Brady's like, no, get him away. Those and quotes sound like by. a fridge guy to you. Andy Dalton, yeah. That, that, he said, he said, it's my team now. now.
1: That's not a bridge guy. Yes. No, Thing, no. My time is now I'm going to win for this football team. That's not a bridge guy. A Bridge guy says my time. I'm going to teach Justin the ropes and he's going to take over mid season. That's what a bridge guy says. No, not, that's not what he said. though. Justin's going to have a great career two years down the road. And I'm going to take this football team and send them to the playoffs. That's not what a bridge guy says. And this, these quotes by Andy Dalton are a guy who is scared for his life and knows that he will not be in the NFL
0: next year. That that's all this is. No, it's, He's it's scared of Justin Fields. I don't know if you, I don't know if scared is the correct word to use there, but I will say this it's it, it will be Justin Fields team maybe this season maybe next season. But regardless as of right now August 20th, it's Andy Dalton's team. It's Andy Dalton's job to lose. You don't want to start with Fields week 1. You know, no. do you now do you do someone with Mac where like I said before where you put Fields in at week 5, week 4 whatever? Sure, of course. But right now, you don't want you want Fields to get into the NFL season, realize the grind, get used to it, and then once when he's adjusted to that, then you say, "All right, here are the keys, Fields. Go at it." You he don't want. He was a place in college football. He knows the grind. Yeah, but okay, you me and you both know college football and the NFL game are two totally different games. You yeah. can't just expect anybody. I don't care if he's Tom Brady, Peyton Manning. The Tom Brady only threw like three passes his rookie year. He had nothing, and he played behind Drew Bledsoe. He also Peyton like, Wild. It takes a while for guys like that to get adjusted to the NFL level. So if you have Andy Dalton come in and play, even if he plays the entire year, let Fields get adjusted to the offense, adjusted to the grind, have a full offseason, an NFL offseason ahead of him, where he doesn't worry about the draft, the combine, any of that stuff. He can do whatever he needs to do to get ready for next season. Then you put him in and Andy Dalton's your backup next year. It's a perfect quote by Andy. See, 10 years ago, Jake, I would agree with you.
1: It takes cuz the way they're coaching in the NFL now is changing. I agree that this games these guys are bigger, stronger, faster, but you saw this with Justin Herbert last year and you're seeing this now more often these guys are NFL ready. Why are these quarterbacks NFL ready? Because these head coaches and offensive coordinators are realizing that in order for these guys to have success, they have to build a system around them. If if uh sh- if Justin Fields, right, is good, was good at Ohio State with their offense, why would we take Justin Fields out of that offense where he had success and throw him into another thing? They're just going to keep an offense, they keep a college-style offense, just like every team in the NFL is doing right now, and they're just going to build uh the, that offense around Fields. I, I it, Fields and Dalton and have two completely different play styles. I think the way the NFL is trending right now, you don't, Put the QB in the offense. You build the offense around the QB and to their strengths. So I just think you know, I think Fields will be ready.
0: If You are the Bears are building the team around Fields. They just have Andy Dalton in there. Now it's the same thing with the Patriots with Cam Newton and Mac Jones. They're building the team around Mac Jones and going to have a Mac Jones play style offense. But Cam Newton doesn't fit that play style. But he's the guy right now. So Andy Dalton's going to be like that guy. Now with Fields, of course, you get you get the legs with him. You get the ability, the mobility in the pocket. You don't have that with Dalton, right? So, you know, plays like that, you know, maybe plays that Fields could have ran for a first down. You're not going to get with uh, Dolan, but that's okay because you can show it to him on film and say, look, Dolan couldn't do it, but that's your play. You can run the five yards get a first down here.
1: So, you know, why I'm always open. so why wouldn't you respond with that? If you're Justin Fields, why wouldn't you be like, all right, well, why don't I? And you're like, no, you're on the bench. You got to watch him and say, oh, I could have done that.
0: Like, that's not good for you. No, yeah, but you need to get adjusted to it. I don't think any rookie quarterback should play week one. Unless if you're, in a, per, a prober, poverty franchise like the Jacksonville Jaguars with Trevor Lawrence. You don't want to start. And honestly, Trevor Lawrence is a generational talent. But I mean, there's an argument to be made that Gar, Garner Mishu should start over Lawrence. Yeah, it really is.
1: And, and, and I mean, also, they also think that the moon landing was fake and it still happens. So I don't really understand. Urban Meyer did come out and say that they are splitting first team reps every other practice. He said that they don't, they have not, had a a, you know made their decision on week one starter I think I but I do think Lawrence is the guy but I mean to go back to I just think Fields is ready I really do and I think that you know with the relationship Nagy and Dalton have and I made a video about this yesterday you sit Fields you have Dalton you go 10 and 7 or 11 and 6 you make the playoffs and you're like ooh, Andy Dalton we can do something with Andy Dalton. We don't need Justin Fields. You don't want that in Matt Nagy's head. No, you have a young running back in, in David Montgomery. Montgomery. You strengthen up that offensive line in the draft next year, and you are set with Justin Fields. I, I think getting Justin Fields' first team reps uh this season doesn't hurt them at all. I think it just furthers his development than sitting back and watching a guy who can barely move and has a completely different play style
0: that's irrelevant in today's NFL play. Well, look at a guy like – this is more recent example. Look at Patrick Mahomes. He, he played one game and threw for 22 – you know, he had 22 completions, right? 35 attempts. Okay, you can do that with fields. Put him in towards the end of the year. Let him get a game in and then go to the offseason. You don't need to start fields right now. This narrative of starting rookie quarterbacks right now – in Caden, I get what you're saying, that the college game is more creeping into the professional in the NFL than the NFL creeping into college game. I get that. And, and prospects now are more developed because these guys have been training for the NFL since they're, you know, 12, 13 years old. So they've been on this ground for a while, but when you finally get there, when you finally get to that moment, there's still an adjustment to be made. So you don't want to have your rookie quarterback go out there and struggle. You know, a guy like Patrick Mahomes, he, he, like I said, he only played in one game and he's the best. Wasn't it like week 16 or 17 when they had
1: all their backup ups anyways, Uh, like Patrick Mahomes never came into that. I know he was like a top 10 pick, but he never came in. They didn't, that was Alex Smith's team. They never had Patrick Mahomes there to be the guy. Yeah, Justin, but I'm
0: saying they made the transition the second year. They didn't do it the first year. Well, what well, well, you said you don't want your rookie
1: quarterback to come in and struggle. Who's to say that he won't struggle second year? Because you don't know what you need. And now Andy Dalton's gone. You say, All right, Justin Fields, this is your year. And you're like, oh crap. Left guard has a hole in it that really would have been beneficial if you filled that in the draft, but now we're screwed for another year. Now you're three years into the five-year rookie contract and Fields' loss is is losing his legs. You know, these these guys don't have long shelf lives either. I think the Bears are very close within the next six years to being Super Bowl contenders.
0: I mean, they made the playoffs last year. Yeah, but you can do that all with not starting Fields in the week one. You can start Fields and, you know – From week five and onward, you don't need to start him week one. That's my point, is that this notion of starting rookie quarterbacks uh, week one, no matter who they are, is I don't know where it comes from. I get it. They're more NFL ready. They're more developed. All these players are better prospects than the ones we had five, five, ten years ago. I get that. But you don't need to start them week one. It's just someone that there's nothing about starting a, a rookie quarterback week one that makes them better, that makes it better for the team. You still have the fifth option if they're a first round pick. There's nothing wrong with waiting on a guy and letting him develop on the bench. I'm a believer that players can develop on the bench. They don't need in-game reps to make sure that they develop. They can sit on the bench and learn and watch film and watch the playbook, learn the playbook, all that stuff. They can do that on the bench. They don't need the in-game reps.
1: I don't know. I think I, – I beg to differ. I think that it's just different speed. It, you know, you're not getting hit as hard. I mean, I know you want to get t- – you know – if you're a practice player you want to tackle him but if, you, if you're a guy in practice you don't want to kill your franchise qb in practice stuff like that i just think it's different and it feels different too because you know that if you make an aired throw they just run the drill back but you know if, if, if it's fourth and five game on the line and you need a fight you need five yards to extend the game and extend your season that's just totally different something you can't replicate and i think uh early as early as possible is beneficial for these guys, but I, I guess he, we'll
0: wait and see. It'll be interesting to see what happens uh, with any Dalton and fields, but I think Annie Dalton is on the right path. I thought it was a great quote by him moving on. Okay. Now I want to know which rookie quarterback do you think will have the, the biggest impact uh, in the NFL this year for their team? So when I came up with this, we, you know, when we're
1: coming up with topics, I was thinking, and I was like, Oh, this could be like, you know, who could have the biggest impact. You know, ooh, this is a good one because there's a few ones. We have Trey Lance. We have Zach Wilson. But then I forgot. We have Trevor Lawrence. I don't think this is any debate. I, I, I Honestly, this, was his, this is my topic, right? You know, this is my idea. And this was a stupid topic. And I think you're going to agree with me here that Trevor Lawrence is the guy that's going to have the biggest impact on this Jaguars franchise. Marvin Jones and DJ Chark are good. And they're going to be good with Trevor Lawrence, who is also very good and who is better than Trevor Zach Wilson, who is better than Mac Jones, who is better than Trey Lance, who is very good by the way, but will probably start like week five. I just think Trevor Lawrence
0: is the clear answer here. I would go Trevor Lawrence. I mean, if you don't go Trevor Lawrence here, I mean, he's the best prospect that we've seen since they said since Andrew luck. yeah. Yeah. So I, like the it, t- Trevor Lawrence is a generational talent, and he really is NFL ready. Like I said earlier, that there's an argument to be made that Gardner could start over Lawrence. I don't think that should happen. I think Lawrence is one of the rare guys that you can throw him to the wolves, and he's going to survive and fend for himself, and actually, you know, do well in the you know in the postseason. Uh, I'm sorry, in the regular season, uh, and maybe make a postseason bid. Maybe I mean that's a little bit of a stretch, but you know, maybe he gets to the Jaguars into it a little bit. I mean, anything's better than a one and 15 record right so I mean even if even if he goes two and not 15 it's a little bit better than last year so yeah hey I'm I excited know you get, to see Lawrence
1: hey he comes to he comes to Gillette I mean right yeah I know you're in Jack I know you're in Arizona
0: but uh I don't know if he comes to
1: I think I he does Arizona I think is. they do play him right I feel Let like me I, do. That. I feel like they do play him but I think it's it's I think it's in Gillette
0: or I'm excited to see I mean these are non-rookie quarterbacks at this point but uh, Justin Herbert and uh, Joe uh, Joe Burrow. I'm excited to see what they do. Obviously, yeah,
1: especially coming back from
0: injury. Yeah, they got Burrow's receiver too. Uh, so that'll be cool. They got the a Lamar Chase. Yeah. Yep, they got a good um offensive line now too. Um, yeah, the Bengals are looking good. Uh, I really like Burrow. I thought he was a great prospect. Herbert though is the best quarterback in that draft class without a doubt. This second year is going to be, I mean, the way he played last year, the way he handled himself. You never see that from a quarterback, especially one that wasn't taken in with the first pick. You saw Cheson Herbert do things that we haven't seen prospects do in their first year. And especially the way that whole story of him starting was, he wasn't even supposed to start. And yeah. then he just, you know, right before game time, he goes out and starts against the Kansas City Chiefs and has a great competitive game, almost beats the Chiefs, I think, in Arrowhead at the time, too. so Yeah. And they had fans. Arrowhead it's you know filled funny. with
1: fans. You know what's funny? It's crazy. Hi, Rod Taylor is a guy that 10 years from now, you're going to pull up pro football reference and look up the name Tyrod Taylor and realize that guy has played about 15 years in the NFL. And there's no reason that that dude should be playing 15 years in the NFL because he's going to have a 15-year NFL career where he's amassed to like 30 games.
0: Like <laughs> He's just like always, it, on back of, always on the backup, always on the front of the squad. Yeah, he, he'll
1: be like, he, he'll start like, 13 week one games. And then all of a sudden the rookie quarterback takes over and bam. But um, yeah, another thing you talk about prospects and I just kind of made this connection. One of the top quarterbacks in the league right now is Josh Allen. I think Justin Herbert, you can make an argument that he's top seven. Yep. What did those guys both have in common coming out of like college going into the draft? They were over, they were powerful guys who all they were, were strong arms. That's, that's what they, they both myself included. I know I'm just Joe Schmo and I have no NFL experience and I never will. And, you know, I'm just like a 120 pound stick that just talks into a <laughs> camera, but all these guys, all these Todd McShays, you know, you know, f- whoever they all said, Justin Herbert is a guy. All he is is a guy with a big arm. Josh Allen. All he is is a guy with a big arm. Well, now these two guys with big arms are ripping up the NFL. I mean, yeah, we're t- there's also uh, Pat Mahomes and stuff. But it's just kind of crazy to me to, to think that these guys, two two of the top quarterbacks in the league, both had this thing
0: that why they're not going to be good. And all of a sudden they are. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because I feel like a, a strong arm, you can't really develop in the NFL. Like your arm is pretty much already set at that point. Yeah. Because uh, it's like a muscle. You know, it's, it's something about muscle at that point, right? So um, it's hard to develop that. But if you have a strong arm, you can develop a lot of things especially with a good football IQ, because if you make it to that point, obviously you have a good IQ for, for the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, prospects like that, it's always worth taking a chance on. And Justin Herbert, I think you're going to look back in about five, 10 years and say, wow, the Bengals really should have taken Herbert at first. Joe Burrow was a mistake. And, th- and that's not a knock on Burrow because I think Burrow's a great quarterback, a great prospect. But at the end of the day too, I think Herbert's just going to be so much better than Burrow. Yeah. Burrow had one good year, I think, and, and that cemented him.
1: That's what it was, but who knows? I mean, yeah. That that old line in in, in uh, Cincinnati needs so much help that it's going to be a wild. Which is good. And and Joe and you need a running back, and Joe Mixon is not going to have that uh, a long career. I right? I don't know. There's just so much that goes into having a good football career. It's just crazy, man.
0: Yeah. Hopefully, it all works out for Burrow. Uh, but another quarterback that I haven't worked out with, and unfortunately, uh, another bad luck on the side. Carson Wentz's injury. Uh, He's out for five to 12 weeks. They're hopeful that he comes back for week one. They're not really sure. Jake Eason, the fourth uh, round pick they picked uh, in 2020, is currently the starting quarterback, uh, as long as Carson doesn't come back for week one. Uh, Caden, what do you think about this? Super
1: Bowl champion Carson Lynch just lost (laughs) his job in Indianapolis. That's what I think about this. He's out five to 12 weeks. This man has not been able to stay healthy. He's going to come back. He's going to struggle. Jacob Eason is good I didn't think he was good and all of a sudden I'm gonna pull this up right now Jacob Eason last week I know it's preseason but I'm going to overreact okay I'm gonna do what they tell you not to do and that is overreact to a preseason game Jacob Eason was 15 for 21 with 183 yards passing like like, (laughs) this guy I mean, I know it's a preseason, whatever, but I don't know. They're going to run Jonathan Taylor into the ground. Jacob Eason has shown in that preseason game, at least that he can throw. He wasn't a no-name. He was a big recruit coming out of Georgia. Then he transferred to Washington. He was a projected second-round pick that fell to the fourth. This isn't a nobody. This isn't an undrafted free agent that was just signed and picked up to fill Carson Wentz's shoes. He didn't have the chance to perform because of Philip Rivers last year. And this is a guy that we were talking about. Maybe could have started over Phil Rivers. I think Carson Wentz lost his job with this injury. Very unfortunate, but he um, is a Super Bowl champion. But I do think this is
0: Jacob Easton's team now. It's awful. I, I was really hopeful. Carson was, was going to have a great year uh, in, in Indianapolis, but... This injury. I mean, even if he comes back in five weeks, what's to say that this injury isn't lingering for for not even the rest of the season, the rest of his career. And he's had that knee problem. I mean, I know this is a foot. I think this is a foot injury. Yes, but yeah, think about yeah. the knee injury
1: he's had has bothered him for the rest of his career, or ever since he's gotten it.
0: Yeah, it's it's tough, and uh, I mean, it, I think Zach Kiefer of the Athletic. He was saying, uh, just reading this now that so he's not wearing the cast or boot anymore at practice, and they're hopeful that he's going to be able to take a uh, walk through reps soon, but still like you're you're within a month from the from your week one game your week one matchup and your starting quarterback is hasn't even taken walkthrough reps yet because he's hurt that's not a good sign for the yeah just think about how good this is for Jacob Eason though it's great
1: go from Carson Wentz is the guy to boom he's injured now I'm the guy I get these first team reps that Mac Jones isn't a guy like Mac Jones isn't getting it's so much better for his development he's showing the Indianapolis Colts what he can do he's having success I, I really think this is Jacob Eason's job to lose for the future, like for a long time, especially with that great offensive line that they have. I mean, I know Quentin Nelson got hurt, but he'll be back. I mean, I, I just, I really think this is uh, Jacob Eason's job to lose.
0: Yeah. I mean, it is a great, it's it's a great O-line. I really like their receiving court too, especially Pittman. I really like him. I've always, I've followed him even since uh, when he's at USC. Uh, he's a great receiver, great player. Uh, I think he I great thought he YouTuber was doing that too. He has Yeah, he does. Yep. He has all, all yeah. those YouTube vlogs which is cool to watch. Um I re, I was really looking forward to seeing his connection with Carson Wentz cuz obviously last year he had Philip Rivers and he was a rookie in a weird COVID year so he didn't get a lot of uh reps and a lot of the time that maybe he could have gotten if it was a normal year. But now you know he's in a normal year. He has a great quarterback or he had a great quarterback in Carson Wentz. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be interested interested to see how Eason and uh Pittman, you know, co sack. I think Pittman really is he's going to be one of those guys you look at back at and say, wow, that he should have went first round. Yeah. I think He's he's going to be a great receiver, especially then you have the running
1: game, Marlon Max coming back. That's your receiver back. T Y Hilton's getting old, but you know, you have Paris Campbell. I think they're going to be pretty good. I, I, I think, you know, and I don't think they have, I'm just looking at their roster right now.
0: Uh, they have a great – they just have a great team, top to bottom, even in the organization, the front office. Those guys in the front office do a great job of making sure the team's ready to compete. I mean, they went out and they got Carson Wentz. Now, I know that might have been a backfire now because he's hurt and they give all those picks for him. But at the end of the day, they went out and made a choice that they thought and at the time helped them win football games. And obviously now he's hurt and hopefully, you know, that we look back at this and say, you know, don't say that it this was a horrible trade and that it was, a, you know, a decent trade. Um, but the Colts, I just hope they do good because they – the Colts, one of those franchises that had, they were always good. They were always in the mix and then they lose their quarterback and then they just fell off again. It's almost they... like the Patriots. <laughs> oh, I'm <man>. sorry. <laughs> All right. Hey, here's the question. Easton or Mac Jones. Mac Jones. Mac Jones. Any day of the week. What's that? Any day of the week you pick Mac Jones or Easton. You seem like, you seem to be like a pretty big Easton guy. This is by, bi- it's totally biased. <laughs> like you can't do that to me.
1: No, but I do think Mac Jones is better quarterback, but again, I haven't seen Easton play uh, except for on tape. I'm a Patriots fan. Mac Jones is the guy. I was an Auburn fan through and through he's from Alabama. I came around. This is big. I hate Auburn's like out of the window now, whatever. it's, it's it's big, but I mean it's I'm I'm totally biased. I, but I do I do think Mac Jones would be the better guy. I, I but they are similar in um in in the in terms of how they're both really not mobile guys. Um and I and you know how big I am on a guys who can move now in today's yeah, NFL. Yeah, and especially. Um, both both of these guys aren't that, but um I think just you know a 15th round or 15th overall pick and a fourth rounder, just I just think you gotta go with the 15th overall
0: pick. I trust Bill, I guess fingers crossed and bill we trust right i guess so all right guys thanks for joining this week's episode of football on the barbie we'll catch you guys next week